You're listening to Travel Tales with Virgil. Hello, my name is Fergal O'Keefe and you're very welcome to the podcast. I've had a number of comedians over the last three seasons and I'm delighted to say that my special guest today is Carl Spain, who is my favourite Irish stand-up comedian. I've run a comedy club in Clamell in Tipperary for over 15 years and Carl Spain was the MC at my very first show and I'm delighted to say he will be headlining my next show which is a Christmas special on the 9th of December in Baker's Bar in Clamell. Tickets on sale now from tickets.ie. As you will hear now, Carl isn't just a great stand-up comedian, but also a great natural storyteller. Carl tells us about his love of going to sports events like the Football World Cup, and he shares great stories from performing at gigs all over the world, including Brussels, Romania, Hong Kong, China... Thailand, the Philippines, Australia, Edinburgh, Ireland, to name just a few. The first question I asked Carl was to tell us his first travel memory. We went. To, I went to Holland for football trips. Went to England, Limerick, when Europe, and uh, my father organised a trip to Madrid for the Limerick played Real Madrid. And I should have gone on that. I wish I had gone on that. They got a tour of the stadium and Limerick. Limerick. Um, so Limerick played Real Madrid in Limerick, or no? In they played in the European Cup, but then they played. They played the home match in Dublin, in Lansdowne Road, wow. and then played the away match in the Barnabas. And they they were one nil up, and I think they missed an open goal or a goal. No, there was a goal, an offside goal that wasn't offside, and then they equalised with dodgy penalty and then they got a winner so they won in Dublin 2-1 I think and then they beat Limerick 5-1 in Madrid now the famous thing Real Madrid got to the final that year and they conceded four goals the whole season two of them to Limerick and one to Liverpool beat them in the final and the Liverpool player scored in the final was Alan Kennedy and the Limerick player the two Limerick goals were scored by Des Kennedy so, but there was a Duke of Prague or someone scored against him in some match as well. But yeah, three, and did your father go to it? Is that my father and brother went to that? Um, so they would have been the trips then afterwards. We didn't kind of go, we went to Wales in '83 in Tenby on a holiday. I think we just Tenerife, Tenby, just like <laughs> went to the same page <laughs> for picking holidays. But I went to England, went to for a football match. South Limerick played Southampton, and went to Holland. Limerick played as at 67 Alkmaar and um, we saw Celtic play Ajax the night before but um, it was funny the, the hooligans in Alkmaar stole my scarf just ran past you know I was 10, 10 years 9 or 10 grabbed my scarf and ran off and I read years later that what the hooligans used to do was steal opponent scarves of men they'd beaten up <laughs> so this guy was claiming oh yeah I beat up a, you know a Limerick United rather than just grabbed it off a 10 year old and legged it <laughs> but um, yeah those trips were amazing you know that was um, you know you're meeting because you're hanging around with the team because there's so few of you yeah. there and um, we got chased by hooligans in Altmar afterwards and there was a girl from Limerick who was living in Holland and a Dutch boyfriend and she said come this way and I remember we were wrapped around a tree on a, on a little tiny island in a park so there's water around us where kind of she goes pulling by the tree and the tree is over so the shade was shaded in or in the shadows 
and we just see all the Altmar hooligans then running down the road and running around the park and going away. I thought it was incredibly exciting. Now I'd be gone. Terrifying. Terrifying. Like. My father must have been yeah. frightened. I wasn't. I was just like, like I was thinking, why are they picking on me? <laughs> you know, why would they attack? You know, but they probably would have got a kick or, t- you know, if they caught us, they probably would have done, you know. But it was this thing of they had, I mean, even we, we would chat in Amsterdam because Celtic were over and they kept, the Dutch would just go, oh, you British. And like, you know, it's not Celtic where they're Irish, it's not British though. They just correct us, <laughs> saying we're Irish. No, you're British. And they were going, no, no, no. It's says, no, we're Irish. We're here for uh, another match. And they were, no, no, no. Celtic, British, Ireland, you know. It was mad. I actually went back to Amsterdam for the Europa League final for another football match. Which when Chelsea played um, Benfica a few years ago. And the hotel I just randomly booked was next door to the one I'd stayed in. The Schiller Hotel, and there's a dance. I can't remember the name of the, the square. Literally booked into the hotel next door. And when I went back, I went, just a hotel. <laughs> what was it like? Sick. Um, a little bit nasty, but it was, you know the Dutch, the Ajax fans were looking to fight the Chelsea fans, but we were just hanging out. Myself and my brothers, my brother's a Chelsea fan, and we went. So we're kind of just having a drink or something like that, and you'd suddenly see a group of police or then some. Ajax fans running going oh, <laughs> the naivety oh Ajax must be playing tonight <laughs> <laughs> but the, the state atmosphere must be I went to a Real Madrid game a Champions League game a couple of years ago in Madrid I just thought it was amazing oh amazing. incredible the, yeah, yeah. just the whole Champions League yeah. I've been to Liverpool one as well and just the way that I was at the Real Madrid Atletico Madrid Champions League final in wow. Milan oh. and off the charts incredible yeah I, I did see the greatest team of all time which was the Barcelona beat Man United Wow, uh, and Man United fan in, in Wembley it was at that. And when Rooney equalised, I remember think, I was jumping up, and you're going. I was laughing, thinking if United win this, it's a crime <laughs> against football. And United weren't a bad team, you know, yeah. probably the best time in their history. You know, they've yeah. reached three finals. They were winning the league most years. You know, that's literally that snapshot of their history was their be- you know the best time. And that Barcelona team were just another level. Like seeing Messi live must be oh, amazing. Isn't I've it? seen, yeah, I was trying to count when he was nearly leaving there the, the other week. I thought I've seen him a few times. I saw him play for Argentina in Dublin. I was saw him in Old Trafford in the semi final where Scholes in two thousand and eight um, Scholes scored the only goal in the whole two fixtures. And I Messi was, I said he was like um, watching Messi play. It was like they were playing on ice, and he was the only one who'd been given skates. <laughs> Because he just moved, but like quicker, better, you know. And you'd see, I remember seeing defenders just walking back, trying to run backwards, you know, like doing quicksand or something. I was like saying, someone live, they said that he he actually doesn't, uh, you know, he, there can be periods where he's doing nothing. Yeah, he walk around. And, yeah, but maybe, you know, and then all of a sudden, boom, he makes. Yeah, but he happens to be in the right place when yeah, something happens, true. Like, you know. Yeah, it was amazing. Ronaldo was amazing as well. The Cristiano Ronaldo, seeing him, it's like a. Human perfection in some way, like you know, he's just I know, yeah. you know this athlete, but like the most everything, you're just thinking this is just incredible. the more the pressure, the, the more yeah, he loves yeah. it. But our, it's amazing go, traveling to see matches because you go to the match earlier. If the match was on down the road, 
you think oh it's kick off in 10 minutes a better better go yeah. whereas when you when you're when it's a one-off like a final you'll be there three hours beforehand you'll be walking around you know, and you, thing, you isn't it? soak it all up like and what, wait, so out of so you've been to a serious amount of stadiums then where, where been, is your favorite um i loved munich i loved the Bayern munich their new one isn't yeah, it yeah 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 I, I, I was in the olympic stadium oh, wow. in the 90s but you're there were like dots and you know with yeah, the track around no, it i i loved it because you walk in and there's a level below and there's the two levels above everything just seemed to be really well organized nicely laid out it's it's close, isn't it, in the pitch? world cup in 2006 and the atmosphere wow. was you could tell i mean I, i've been to germany a few times and i find out to say anything against the germans you know i think there's an anti-german sentiment still there in English media, you know, it's, yeah. you know, it's rivalry, but still World War Two references yeah. or whatever else. So you, you you can see that. But any, I would say, I, d- I don't have a bad German experience. I've been in the great fun. Places. They love it, like you know. And during that World Cup, it was all over Germany, and they were making such an effort to really this. Oh, this is new Germany now, and it was the first time they could actually wave their flags in a long time. Yeah. So national pride had returned after whatever you know. Which is a lovely thing about sixty sport, years, actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. Allowing that you, can you to wave that. your flag without seeming like a racist. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but it, that's what kind of makes it, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, was that Olympics? Was that a ama- or not? Olympics, yeah, it was the World Cup, Cup. two thousand six. Yeah, yeah, ama- yeah, like amazing. Amazing. I was. We we. Got, I got myself, my friend John. We got um, Weltmeister Pass, which was the train you could get any train you wanted. We we bought the first class one. It just <laughs> I think it was a, like three hundred quid. But we travelled like for a few weeks. Um, I really enjoyed it. The I really that that trip to Germany was fantastic, and we just we went to different matches. But we we um, you know, we were getting out to one of the. I think we we're in Hamburg trying to get to the stadium, and we just asked this old woman, and she was so nice. She was nearly getting on the train with us, and oh, I'm going, you know, I'm going this way, and um, they were, you know, I genuinely I, I had great fondness for the Germans after yeah. oh, after the World place. Cup, and there, I remember there was an American. Um, was at the USA Ghana match, um, and Ghana went ahead, and the German woman beside us jumped up cheering. An American guy turned around and said, "Go on, you're just cheering for them because we beat you in wars and shit." <laughs> and uh, I went, "How dare you? How dare you?" He goes, "What's it to you?" He says, and "I went, I'm from Ghana." <laughs> <laughs> and he looked at me. There was a Ghanaian guy laughing um, in front of us. I'm from Ghana. I'm from Accra, and I was like, "Is Accra the capital?" Of I'm not even sure. And um, he's just looking at me, and he was just uh, the Ghanaian guy just told him to shut up. Then and he said, "Why are you telling me to shut up?" And the Ghanaian guy just pulled up his t-shirt, showed this ripped, muscly stomach. Shut up, as in like I'll fight you and I'm fair, whatever like that. And you remember eating his he some kind of nuts he was eating, and he was just throwing them on the ground really aggressively. But I just thought it was you know it's sports. Oh, exactly. so the opponent score and someone jumps up. You know, oh, it's really personally at you, like you know. But um, yeah. The, but the the whole World Cup experience, World Cup is great. You'll so you've people. been to a couple, haven't you? I was at yeah. I went to um, German World Cup. Then I was at the 2008 European Championships, which was in Austria and Switzerland. And was again, like? was perfect. You know, <laughs> the joke was, geez, they should give everything to the Germans. They do a great job. <laughs> but um, and South African World Cup, which was um, unique in its own way. The great moment for that was, I was at um, Brazil Ivory Coast, and we're on the far side of the ground. So when you looked up, it was the Brazil flag 
and the Irish flag because the Ivory Coast flag reversed because you were on the other side and I said oh that's just I remember I have a picture at home somewhere like took the picture it, and Soccer City was where the World Cup final was meant to be on so if we had been team 33 who knew that could have been a, a real <laughs> thing but um, so where was Soccer City in Johannesburg it's no. it's God, it is Johannesburg. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And was that a hundred thousand? It's a massive stadium. Yeah. What's yeah. it like? Was it amazing? It was great. Yeah. And outside, again, people were um, people were lovely. Yeah. You know, we keep getting. Um, we had we hired a driver for the time, so we rented a car, but we had a driver to drop us off and then collect us after the match because parking was an issue, and he got carjacked on the last night, literally. Oh, he's sorry. His son got carjacked. So he's my brother was going with um, our driver, Francois, to collect he was going to meet his son and go away and my, father, my brother would come back with the car and the son was carjacked literally pulled up at a petrol station he goes oh we're down two minutes and in the two minutes he was carjacked so we were getting warned about that you know level of crime and you'd stay did you in feel a, it in the air you or? Could, you kind of would make you nervous you'd be in a bed and breakfast and it's like like it's like you're in a prison because it's <laughs> like electrified fences or razor sharp wire and you're kind of going do you really need all this and they were like yeah 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 so where and did I, you go like when you were in South Africa for the ma- for the World Cup I was in Cape Town as well we went to Cape Town was actually fine I'd been to Cape Town on holidays when I did gigs in Johannesburg then we went to Cape Town on holidays in Cape Town you could walk around fine but Johannesburg they just told us there's nowhere to go, nowhere to walk around. And even we were brought by comedians and promoters to this restaurant. And it's an outdoor, sit outdoors. But you have to go in in an car, underground car park and then come up onto the street. So you park your car and you walk up to the street. But nobody can walk onto the street or drive onto the street. So it's just a, a street scene, but it's like a movie set. Mm. So you're sitting outside in a restaurant and people are walking around with bars and restaurants but nobody can get in there unless they come through security underground. And you kind of, it's really kind of, you know, you know, it does kind of make you a little bit kind of, oh, you know. And it's not like that in Cape Town. Cape Town's a little bit. Cape Town was fine. Yeah, Cape Town was amazing, really. It's beautiful, you know, isn't it? It's beautiful. And we flew in and you're looking over Table Mountain and it looks spectacular. And it look, you're going, oh, my God, this is just gorgeous. And then you look... And all the way in from the airport is just shanty town after shanty, and you're just thinking, "Oh Jesus, yeah. this is rough." And then you start seeing where they're doing the work. So I don't know, like the likes of the Nile Mellon Fund or whatever. You just suddenly see the end of the shanty town, a bit of a clearing, new house, new house, new house, new house. Whoever, yeah, wh- I don't know who's building, you know, but they were starting to regenerate. It's a beautiful city, isn't it? Gorgeous place, and really was. Um, you're going out to Robben Island where Mandela was. You know, I don't know if he had the same experience <laughs> but uh, it was it was interesting that we, one of the former prisoners would t- was giving the tour and he was talking about how what one of the things they did was they all give up cigarettes when they got in there I think it was Mandela's idea so that they couldn't use your desperate need for a smoke to get information or to coerce you in any way and just little things like that so we have a picture myself and my, my girlfriend Rich I have a photo it's not it looks like it's in Mandela's cell but the cell was closed but we put my arm in through the bars and took a picture of the two of us looking sad as if we're behind bars. <laughs> and it's kind of undermined by... I was wearing a Wham t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Last day of laundry on the tour. <laughs> but um, Cape Town, I would I would recommend highly. Oh, yeah, amazing. And the, the, the area along that we went to, drove... We did a tour of the wine region. Mm-hmm. So you go off a, 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 a bus tour. And, you know, it was mainly couples... It was all couples, like about eight people on the thing, and it was really nice. I don't drink wine, but I still really enjoyed yeah, it's the tour. But he took us to took us to this town nearby. Is it Stellenbosch, which is the wine region? Mm-hmm. But I think it might be Stellenbosch, the town. 
and he was talking about how the university here is mainly female. So the courses are maybe mainly female orientated. And then he starts like on the microphone so we can hear him. But the people out like were, were crawling through the town. And there's these attractive girls that said, look at them, <laughs> look at these girls. And you see the girls and we're going, oh my God. The tour guide is there going, oh, watch that girl. And we're going, this is unbelievable. Please stop. And he goes, oh, he's true. Like, you know, oh, you come here, you definitely score with women. <laughs> and I just go, this is, you know, for all the tour, you know, just, and suddenly this, uh, this weird, it's weird. <laughs> he's gotten so used to it. He, but I was, I, I was but imagine kind of, every day, this guy's probably going through the town lunchtime every there day. There she is, yeah. <laughs> and I was thinking, geez, I should go back to college. <laughs> Nursing might be the thing for me. So you've done a lot of soccer, like, matches around mm. like is there somewhere in the world that you haven't been to yet some club or stadium um, South America I want to go to I want to, I'd love to see the Boca Juniors River Plate um, derby match which I might be too crazy to you know you'd have you'd be I'd have to get into the, the posh seats or the because it looks mental like you know there's just it's like a hundred thousand yeah and it's crazy and they're all shake a rap and just think you know you always hear stories of oh two people died or they were fighting outside but it's crazy crazy um they met in the Copa Libertadores final there a couple of years ago which is like the Champions League final it was a two-legged thing and the second leg had to be played it's in Madrid actually you know but yeah yeah, and um you're just thinking, oh, just the madness of it. Like, you know, I'd love to see that. But I, I've never been to South America. That's I'd love to travel around South America. Brazil um, as well. Brazil, uh, all of the, you know, Venezuela, Chile, all, you know. I know them all, Uruguay, I know, can name. <laughs> <laughs> Central and South America, you know, they, um, I'd love to visit. So you need to get a comedy gig going Yeah, there. yeah. I remember, was it Andrew Maxwell, I think, was doing a gig in Buenos Aires. I remember being so jealous. And asking him about it, he goes, no, it's a one-off kind of corporate thing. But like, would they would they have someone else next year? Because <laughs> that's the great thing about doing comedy and traveling is you get paid to go to these exactly. places. So it's not, you know, you think, and that's what you can. So do you love that? Do you enjoy that part of it? Because I love it. Anywhere different. I mean, yeah. I think it was Ed Byrne. Well, Ed Byrne said it to me about traveling and doing gigs. He says it's oh, it's much better to change your audience than change your material. It's so much easier. It's a great line. <laughs> it is a great line, but. Uh, yeah, so that was like the first trip abroad as a comedian was Brussels. Um, so I started in 2000. This would have been maybe 2001. Like I'd been to Edinburgh for a competition, but I was in Brussels for a gig as a support to Jim Jeffries um, before either of us were hugely successful. Um, and the weird thing working with Jim was, I met Jim and we got, we got on great. And we, I, when I met him right when he was in Dublin recently, we met up and it's one of those comedy friendships you know with comedy relationships I think you just need a small amount of time with someone and you either decide oh I get on with this person or I don't so I hadn't seen him in years but you'd still go oh there's the guy from Brussels Edinburgh Birmingham wherever we've gigged Galway I remember meeting him in Galway and walking down from one I was bringing him to the after party kind of venue and I was never more recognised in my life than that 20 minutes walking down through Galway with Jim. And it's like, Caspian, legend, Caspian, how you doing, Caspian? And Jim just, like, Jim was literally telling me about hanging out with Megan Fox and her husband and other celebrities. And he just, are you a big deal now, how, here now? And I went, well, it looks like it, Jim, doesn't it? <laughs> Brussels, we were sit, I was sitting there and I was still new and nervous going, God, this, I hope this works. And it was mainly... Um, mixture of European people or people, you know, foreigner, you know, English-speaking people from all over the world. Expats. Yeah, expats. Yeah, and I'm sitting there with my set list. And Jim, what's that? I'm at my set list, and we literally were about to talk about the same topics. 
not that we different jokes but the same topics and he said well, what's your bit on I used to have a routine about Jesus and he goes what's your routine about Jesus and we had one line in it that was, was we could, you could, couldn't both do the same line I can't remember how, they were close enough and he goes we're going to have to decide who does that joke and I went I'm on first gym if I remember it I've decided <laughs> <laughs> But um, yeah, it was a great experience. Does that happen? I've never heard. So never, uh, rarely happens. Like not that the you have, don't do that. They don't discuss. Um, not before, but I never. Just that I had it written. I was writing yeah. out on a piece of paper my set list. So literally the topics, and uh, he goes literally. It's like I'd written out his set his set list, and he goes, "What's your bit on that?" I was just telling him, and that. So that would have freaked him out. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Going, oh, hold on a minute, and it, I'd never heard of him before. You know that. You know. Um, now you'd know someone from YouTube or you'd look them up even the internet was new enough in those <laughs> days I probably didn't even know who I was gigging with till I got there and um, it was just the weirdest coincidence but it was what, different material what was, was that going, like so that was your first audience abroad is there a difference between uh, audiences around um, the world there can be yeah I think the audience abroad like if you're doing an Irish show even if it's not all Irish the audience there's an, they give you a little bit extra because oh this is reminding me of home and it's Oh, they, these people are from home and they're doing well or we're really enjoying them. Throwing something about bag of potatoes. Yeah, <laughs> any kind of reference. Or, um, you know, sometimes if you go, oh, there's lots of, lots of foreigners, but mainly Irish. And then you just speak in Irish for two minutes and it, the Irish just love it. <laughs> about the foreigners. Yeah, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's all on, do you know, son? Other countries. <laughs> but, um... And also, if there's a group of English in, then you just talk Irish and it can be a bit of fun. But um, no, I, you go anywhere um, and you'll meet Irish people. And, you know, there's, it's it's incredible. Any of those gigs, you know, across Asia and we're meeting, I was meeting back, back, you know, back part of China, you know, Qingdao, Guangzhou. And you're thinking, like, why would that, you know, it's, it's not like it's advertised in the Limerick Leader. Oh, I wonder, there's a job now there, lads, for an engineer <laughs> in uh uh, Guangzhou, or and you literally Shenzhen. could be anywhere in the world. Could be anywhere in the world, and someone come in and go, "Oh yeah, we get no, no, you, you and they'll know you." Yeah, they'll, they'll <laughs> you did a TV show. I think I know you. Or you'd meet that. Oh, I went to school with Tommy Tiernan or something like that. And you're going, "Hold on, you're about five years younger." I was in the same time as him. Like you know, he wouldn't know me now, but um, but it is amazing. You go to these places, and because it's um, an event, the comedy gig they'll come to it. Do you know what I mean? It's not like you're just one, because you're going to be in the hotel. You're not likely to run into, you'll run into tourists, but you won't run into the Irish as such. But in Hong Kong was, is my, is my favorite for that because the Hong Kong gig was so established. Everyone would come to it. And I was meant to do it in March. Um, I'm meant to do it next March, but two, uh, 18 months ago, I brought over a load of potatoes as, as a prize. And, um, I'd hand them out, you know, six pack of potatoes to someone and they'd go, and it, like, we were there for five days or something like that. Like, oh, for the fifth day in a row, it's actually the prettiest girl near the stage. That's one. <laughs> that's one, one the potatoes. And you know, when you say it's established clubs, that means it, it, the, the established ones have a great atmosphere, don't they? Well, yeah, the club is well established. Because the crowd know what they know. Expect. They know they're getting a good show. Like the, the guy, John Moorhead is his name, who's ran gigs there probably 20, 25 years now. And literally had everybody out there, you know, so McIntyre, Peter Case, was it Peter Case sent him, you know, they were talking about him, he hadn't seen Shawshank Redemption, Peter Case sent him a VHS tape <laughs> of Shawshank Redemption when he got home. There's that level, you know, he's around and everyone you can think of. And what's Hong Kong like, is it? I love, I, Hong Kong is amazing. I, 
I get so I get upset when I see the the protests yeah. and all that stuff now because I'm going, oh, I know where that is, you know, because it's as big as you know, it's not that big, but it's it's quite compact and it's you know, there's different areas around that you go visit when you're there, but it's it's the, it's that photo of the city or the footage of you see of the you know the bright lights mm. and big, but you can walk around it and get around most of it, and. Um, I, I just love it. It's just it's one of those it's one of those cities of the world. Like you know, I don't it's know. Got energy. It's energy. It's twenty four hours. Yeah, it is twenty four hours. But it's it's a it seems it feels really safe. You know, um, I'm not going in looking for, you know mm. into a dive place looking for you yeah. know a knife fight or you know <laughs> um, Russian roulette. You know, we're just strolling around and um, shopping or whatever. But it, it it was it was absolutely fantastic. I remember the one of the. I don't think it was, was it the second time I was out there myself and an English comic went into this pub we're just sitting in the pub and the music was on music videos were on and I just think looking up and we're giving it going the standard of the music video here is rubbish and the singing just thinking like you know western music I mean, we realised that the other around the corner was a karaoke so these are actually just singing on a stage and there's little filters and extra stuff being put on so we're watching the, the, the video footage of the from around the corner because I'm looking going, oh, she even looks like the girl. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> did you do it? Did you do that? No, not the, didn't do the karaoke in Hong Kong, no. <laughs> I've done it. I did it in Romania last July, um, 12 months. What was uh, that like? It was mad. They got, well, I think the, guy, the, the promoter who was emceeing uh, used to be in a band. So he was quite happy to get up and sing. And I just went. To, I sang the Cranberries in Romania upstairs in a room that would have been much better for Which the comedy one? gig. Zombie or? It was um, it was Linger, I think. Wow. Ling- yeah, it was Linger. And uh, I was completely sober going, what am I doing? <laughs> and literally going, I hope no one. I must never admit I've ever done this. I did it, you know that movie Lost in Translation? Yeah, yeah. I was in Tokyo and I was with my boss and we ended up doing karaoke with like Japanese or with Japanese agents, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I was singing You Too with or without you. <laughs> and as I was doing it, you know, it was like two in the morning up in a skyscraper. You're thinking, going, God. Why am I, how am I doing this? So um, you mentioned there about China. Yes. Again. So where in China were you? Um... Because the Hong Kong gig go has been going for years, so anytime I've been to Asia, which is about five, six times, you do a week in Hong Kong, and then you usually used to go around Asia. So I've been around China a couple of times. So Shenzhen is near Hong Kong, and Shenzhen was the place that, if you heard, if you read Made in China, it's usually made in Shenzhen. So it used to be a fishing village, that now is a population of about twenty million over the last thirty years or something. So they um. We usually would go from Hong Kong to Shenzhen and then you get to train or fly. It was like Xi'an, where the terracotta warriors are, um, Guangzhou, Qingdao, what? Shanghai, Beijing. And every city is like a different country. It's, that's it? China, I would highly recommend. I've never been to Wuhan. <laughs> um, um, but China, Shanghai and Beijing couldn't be more different. You feel, genuinely feel like you're in two different countries altogether. But most of the cities are very different from. Is it very different? The previous you know, it's, one. So different culturally. Is it hard to travel there? Um, it's quite no. It's quite straightforward. The one tip you should, if you're going, is write out your hotel or where you're staying. Get it written out in, in Chinese, Mandarin, Chinese. Mandarin, yeah, yeah. So that the taxi driver, because you can be shown them, they just no idea. And they'll drive around thinking until you see it. But, you know, the pop, some of the cities in China are just... What massive. are they like as an audience? Um, there would be some Chinese in. 
um, at the, it's mainly expats because okay, yeah. you know any city if a city has twenty million, there's going to be a few thousand um, expats. But uh, there, there has been Chinese in, and they're kind of laughing. They still do the laugh, covering their mouth. You know, um, the but they they were great. I think any like if you can if you can understand it, you know, you do cater your material. To make it more universal, like do you know what I mean. It's like Mary Harney used to be the reference. You'd go like, you can't tell a Mary Harney joke in Glasgow or Edinburgh anyway. You know the Edinburgh Festival. <laughs> I don't think I ever had a Mary Harney joke. You'd have to make your material. You know, you talk about your own human experience or the human condition or whatever. Yeah. So once you, you know, they can connect with that or they'd have some idea of Ireland from their friends. Like they're not there as just curious Chinese people know, going. Yeah, yeah. What's going on here? Let's go in and have a listen. I understand English. And where, so you were so through Asia as well. Then is it? Where through Thailand? Asia, I did the the Philippines. Yeah. Uh, I haven't done Japan actually. When you mentioned Tokyo, I was getting jealous again. <laughs> that would that's been on my list. Yeah, Thailand, amazing. Thailand was. Um, I've been to Thailand backpacking before, and the Thai people are gorgeous people. Just absolutely lovely. Um, they they were really lovely. Philippines was a bit, you know, it was kind of seedy, and you kind of just we didn't we walked around, and it's just people hanging out the windows. Hello, daddy. Hello, daddy. And you're just thinking, God, if I was here 15 years ago, you might be I might be your daddy <laughs> if I knew your man. But it's yeah, it's scary. Um, I'm only there for a couple of nights. When I was in the Philippines and Thailand, there was a female comic with us, and the promoter said because Lucy's with us, we're not getting hassled. Is that Lucy Porter? Lucy Porter, yeah, because we could walk down the street mm. and... Uh, Did you notice that, the difference? Because, just, yeah, well, your man said it just says, like, you'd see them talking, hello, you'd send hello, and you're going, like... And they were, they were, the funny thing, where was it? Hong Kong, we were, there was this club, we're walking past, and it was about six girls outside dressed in school uniforms. <laughs> and myself and Lucy, I think we had a running joke for the next two weeks of the education in Hong Kong. <laughs> those girls will study so late. Um, but it was, it's one of those things just, you know, kind of yeah. frightening, you know, in I a know, way, like, yeah, you know, yeah. just going, Jesus, what, know. what's going on? Like, you know. And um, you, you've been to India as well, haven't you? I've been to India, India, um, to Bombay, as they call it, Mumbai, you know. Uh, I did the joke of God. How far is it from Mumbai from Bombay to Mumbai? And they were like, "This is the same place." You, why are you saying that? And I don't know. It's a joke. The the funny thing about um, it was the comedy store in London had a opened in Bombay, Mumbai, whichever, and uh, it was amazing. Like the beautiful comedy club set up and high up in this incredible shopping centre like put five Dundrum shopping centres on top of each other just mm. incredible and the Indian people were all well the people came to the gig were all really well educated spoke perfect English and it's the one place I've been where there was very little expat it was mainly Indians and it was very um, elite so they were like telling us there's all these Bollywood stars coming which meant nothing to us Shilpa Shetty was in one night Wow! Um, but they were saying like the the staff were getting very excited going oh we're excited because so and so's in tonight and they were talking about like the elite of the elite um, but we were told if you do any kind of smut any kind of sex story to just howl because it's not something they talk about it's not in their culture so I was there with Phil Nickel, who was doing this thing. He was coming on to a guy in the front row for the whole show, you know, singing songs about him. Kumar, come on, come on. And uh, we'd done it the first night I'd said it. We didn't do this, but Phil finished the show. So John Fothergill, the MC, came back out and wraps up the show. And they're howling like this is all from Phil. The crowd just absolutely destroyed the room. Like just one of those, you know, one in 10 gigs in your life you've even witnessed. 
place is absolutely destroyed. And then Phil just pops his head out, but he's taking his top off. So it's like, Kumar, I'm waiting. And the place is just gone. And then I stuck my head out with my top off. And just, come on, Kumar. And I never, like, never... Like people just fall, literally falling on the floor out of their chairs on top of each other. The most incredible reaction from an audience was that night in, in Bombay. Bombay, I'm calling it now. <laughs> Bombay. Um, we went that night to a, a rock club and death metal, an Indian death metal band, but they all thought we were the record company that they just signed to. We thought myself, Phil Nicola, John Fothergill, were the record company. Them. Well, no, we walked in and they were like, going, oh, yeah, put us in a, booth, a lovely booth and people, you could just see them all, like oh, the friends of the band are kind of going, oh, the record company, <laughs> this is great. We were going, no. And then Phil was talking guitars with them and stuff. It was, it, it, that was a fantastic trip. The, the other thing that, I don't know why this sticks in my memory, maybe I do, um, Myself and John in the hotel. It was all yeah. You arrive in the hotel and everything's beautiful and pe- you know the streets are incredibly crowded. But you arrive in the hotel and it's gorgeous. You're always in five star accommodation as well in these places. You feel kind of like a gilded prisoner or some sort. With those foreign trips, it really helps, especially with, on a comedy trip with who you're with. Yeah. If you're with like you'd hear horror stories of other comedians have been on the trips. Like you know, I could name five or six comics that Do. apparently were a nightmare. <laughs> nightmare literally we're meeting at 12 to go for something and to go for lunch and then like half 12 can we ring the room um i even know like when i was doing my comedy festival in clonmel i would pick people for their comedy ability yeah but also their personality because you could you know you could see it's like the the years when every when the comedians when they gelled they perform better on exactly. the stage and it added to and their enjoyment comes across yeah you, know, you, you can know comedians but it also them. makes it for the if you're promoting the exactly, gig and yeah. people and, and you know so you're doing the gig in Clamell and you've people I mean Sarah Milliken I was at Sarah yeah, Milliken yeah, and first um, gig in Ireland actually was, was it her first gig in yeah. Ireland and I remember it was, it was Sean Hughes Craig Hill yeah. there was one amazing gig um, Simon Brodkin with Lee Nelson whatever but yeah. uh but it's also if everyone's happy, they'll hang around and meet the people afterwards exactly. rather than, oh, thank God, that gig's over. I'm back to the hotel. I can't hang around with these people. And, you know, you take it, not take it out, but the audience gets, get a raw deal then. Exactly. Whereas in like, but it can work the other way for the comics. You, you know, you do gigs in, you know, Dubai is usually fantastic. But I remember the first time I went out there, there was one of these venues. It was a venue out from Dubai, but still technically Dubai. And the audience, like the gig had been great. And the audience afterwards were horrible. <laughs> just <laughs> like, going, oh. <laughs> they were great during the game. They were and brilliant then... audience. Laughed at everything. Couldn't have been nicer. And then afterwards, they start giving out, start being racist, start to bullying one of the other acts, giving them shit. Wow. Um, one of the comics still giving them shit, saying, oh, you shouldn't have been doing that material. It was rude or whatever. And he goes, what do you mean? And he started, he just bluffed. He went, I've been invited out here by Sheikh, whatever. Yeah. And he goes, what? It was a, it was a, an Arab started picking on him, like saying, you should not be doing that that stuff in this country blah 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 and he goes I've been personally invited out here by Sheikh blah 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 how dare you what's your name and you went <gasps> and ran off <laughs> so and do you know what you were talking there so um, about being with other comedians then there is a certain atmosphere in festivals isn't there there is yeah but I mean I think you know 90 odd percent of comics get on with each other we kind of understand you know we understand what it's like for each other you know there's a better understanding you know what it's like it, it, the the people who are successful are still friends with people who aren't successful. Exactly. Do you know what I mean? So it's not like, okay, all the successful people are in that VIP area over there because they probably don't get on. But, um, you know, you 
at a festival you'll know someone you'll be chatting to someone you might know I'm going doing comedy 20 years there's probably someone I know 20 years I mightn't have seen in 12 years but we had a great time wherever in India or whatever um, or Newcastle or <laughs> Glasgow um, we had a lovely weekend together once and you go oh how's it going blah 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 and so, you get on it's just a bit more interest like what, com- like what festivals say comedy festivals or music festivals what, what ones abroad would you recommend that you liked that you were well, at as a, as a performer or well, <laughs> for, for, just say for someone to go to um, like if somebody was into I, comedy I, I, any of them well I would highly recommend everyone attend live comedy why, why yeah. would you not <laughs> I think for, for performers the things like Edinburgh mm. Edinburgh's an amazing city it's a slog as a festival, it really is. But you're there for three and a half weeks and you'll make lifelong friendships there. Do you know what I mean? You'll Definitely. be someone that's on in the venue just before you or just after. You'll have a quick chat with... It's not necessarily all about networking, but you never know. Yeah. Do you know what yeah. I mean? It's about being decent and then seeing, oh, True. he's actually good. Can you recommend an Irish comedian? Oh, yeah, Carl's Payne was not you know. I remember uh, seeing a late and live highlights of the last 20 years or whatever and you were oh, in it you were oh god they, they had you in it. It was they, uh, I had the late live thing for the listener it was a show that starts at 1am and many a famous comic um, to kind of write a passage isn't yeah it? to write a passage and have died on their arse horrendously and my first one went fine and Dara Breen had come down to watch me and I was like thanks for the support you meant I came down to see you die <laughs> I died on my first one <laughs> And I was well, fuck you. And he was laughing, going, oh no, he said, fair, we're fair play to you. But like, I've seen lots of famous comics. I saw McIntyre, Michael McIntyre, really struggle, really, and watching him work so hard to try and win the audience round and not quite making it. But lots of comics, um, anyway, people turn it round, having a. It can be an. I don't think it's as bad now. Yeah. But around the time I started not, nothing to do with me but um, it was kind of part of the thing the audience felt like they they, they all had buzzers you know yeah I mean? it was it was yeah it was like you know yeah you were a gladiator basically yeah. and, you know the audience would decide thumbs up or thumbs down but um, it depended on the MC as well like you know in, before my time like so Johnny Vegas would be you know Ross Noble Adam Hills then Daniel Kitson I used to see night after night being yeah. amazing but then Russell Howard was there. You know, there lots of people take. You know, people who went on to be mm. big stars would be there most nights. But I remember seeing Flight of the Concords on with Jimmy Carr and David. You know, all in the one night, just going, "This is fantastic." Same. I used to kind of one year stayed across the road from the, the venue, so you're just watching them night after night. Um, Flight of the Concords. Fly, well, yeah, I used to go see them whenever I, I I would pick them. I would follow them to go see them back that two thousand and two or two thousand and three whenever. No one was going to see them, like, but we kind of got to see them and go every night. I just loved them. But oh, yeah, now you look at it and you find it. But that's the thing of being around twenty years that you have these stories of seeing. Yeah, I saw Elvis. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But you know what I mean. What? But this is now it just yeah. You know, you'd you'd be very lucky to see them in such an environment. True. You know, that's kind of part of the thing with Edinburgh is going and seeing comedians that you know have potential you know what just yeah start. you're f- discovering someone do you know what I mean yeah. it's like sometimes I saw J- Jake Whitehall like at the ver- before he had oh yeah the yeah, very yeah. Start. I, well I knew him as Jack I don't I, I wouldn't be as familiar with him but Jack being a support act coming over to Ireland and I haven't I, like I met Jack a couple of times after that but since he's become a big star I haven't seen him and he's one now I'd be gone if I met him he'd be like oh fuck what's his name again <laughs> <laughs> What's his name? As long as you call him Jack. I'd be Jake. like, Jack! Hey, Jack! 
So my last question is Emer's question no. that she wants me to ask. Oh God! And her, so it is. What a terrible question! So, she says, if you close your eyes and, this, and take four deep breaths, allow yourself to think of your happy place from your travels, and where would that be? Do you know where it is? And I've said this to Rachel everywhere we go. My happy place when I travel is waking up the first morning we've arrived in a place when we're not travelling for a few days. So we've travelled the day before and we finally got into bed, you know, had a shower, got into bed and I wake up the following day and I'm knowing that now it's what I want to do rather than being on someone else's schedule. It's It's usually Dubai in that trip we do with the travel. It's it's not hellish, but it's just... uh, it's a long day because sometimes I've driven from Limerick, got to Dublin Airport, fly from Dublin. We fly to Abu Dhabi and get the bus from Abu Dhabi to Dubai. So by the time we get there, they're four hours ahead. So the day is gone. You go to bed, but when you wake up the following day. So anywhere I've been, when I wake up the following day, You're that's here. my favourite moment of my holiday. The first, I've had my first proper sleep hmm. on my holiday and you wake up and they go, now this is where we start refreshed Lovely. after breakfast yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like that so the, yeah I think wherever you go that for me is the thing um, that first morning of oh, I'm here for a week I would ask if you could please subscribe to Apple Podcast so a new episode will appear in your library every week I would also really appreciate if you could leave a rating and a review as it helps others to discover this podcast to find out who's on every Tuesday please follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Travel Tales with Fergal. Stay safe and keep dreaming of future travels. Travel Tales with Fergal.